Welcome to r slash, a podcast where I read the best posts from across Reddit. Today's subreddit is r slash choosing beggars, where a mother is looking for a full-time babysitter slash threesome partner for her husband. Our next Reddit post is from Snitch Witchery. At my work, we have a candy drawer for when you need a sugary mid-afternoon pick-me-up. Everyone takes turns to bring stuff in. There's no official schedule or roster. You just dump whatever you bring in the drawer, and everyone raids it if they need a snack. While out shopping the other day, I found a bag of individually wrapped chocolates, so I grabbed it to add to the candy drawer. I was honestly pretty excited about them. They were a European brand that I didn't recognize, but they were all really good flavors like raspberry, pistachio, hazelnut, dark chocolate, and orange. They all had a really high percentage of cocoa, and I tend to prefer European chocolates to American ones. Well, I tossed them in the candy drawer and thought nothing of it, until I went to make myself tea around midday, and I overheard a couple of my coworkers talking. Ugh, who brought in this generic, awful chocolate? Right? It's name, brand, or nothing. Don't fob your cheap stuff off on us. When I checked at the end of the day, maybe two had been taken. The kicker, before I tossed in the chocolates, the candy drawer contained nothing but a handful of Smarties and half-melted Tootsie Rolls. Enjoy your stale, name-brand gunk, buttholes. My chocolates will be accompanying me to board game night, where they'll be much more appreciated. On this next post, OP is a DoorDash driver, and he gets this message from the person he's delivering to. Greetings. Please try to make sure that when they put the fries in the bag, that they're not all over the place when you arrive. That would be very helpful. And it'd be perfect if you have a warming bag, because fries get cold very quickly. That's why they're the first thing that people eat when they get their order in-house. I hate to ask you this, but if you could stay there a little bit longer, because I want a fresh order of fries cooked for this delivery order, rather than the ones that are sitting under a heat lamp for the past two hours. Lady, (laughs) if your fries are cold by the time they arrive, maybe it's because your DoorDash driver is spending all of his time reading your page-long text messages instead of bringing you your fries. Also, um, my wife and I ordered DoorDash a whole lot, and I've noticed that pretty much every single time now, they put a sticker over the bag so that DoorDash drivers can't, like, tamper with the food or take food, and just to give people a sense that, like, the food is untouched from the delivery. So how is OP even supposed to, like, check the fries and make sure they're arranged correctly without breaking the seal? Because I've never done DoorDash driving, but my assumption is that by the time the driver even gets there, like, nine times out of ten, the the bag is just sitting there waiting for them, that they don't have to really wait around. So this doesn't really seem viable or likely at all. Anyways, as you might expect, OP replied down in the comments and said that this choosing beggar tipped him a whopping $2. (laughs) Okay, this gets weirder. OP continues down in the comments that apparently there's more to this story than he originally posted. After sending this, the choosing beggar sends OP a picture of her dog, I guess, which is just like a little white dog. And she says, thanks for that, but I'm sure you don't have a lot of control over the situation when you arrive. And that they already have it in the bag for you to snatch and grab. I'll just hope for the best. As a driver, I can't really make those suggestions for the restaurant. You need to call them to request something like this. And most of the time, the bag will already be done, especially in McDonald's. And I do have a warming bag. Well, let's just hope that they take into consideration that it's a pickup order, and they may need to pack it a little bit differently than if it was picking up in my car taking it home. I'm sure everything will be fine, so no worries on my side. I'm located at the corner of blank, where there's an intersection with a traffic light. 
My building may have a red zone available in their front for easy delivery on their front corner if someone's not trusting their luck parking there. There's no parking meter there, so people shouldn't be parking their car there. But it looks like you're almost here, so remember, the door code is 5982. My little guard dog is obviously in control. Bravo to both of you. (laughs) Then the choosing beggar sends yet another picture of her dog to this DoorDash driver. Do you have any interest in doing some dog walking assignments? It pays cash. Dude, I'm working. Stop sending me pictures, please. She really wouldn't be a lot of trouble. Okay, sorry for that. Thanks again for the speedy delivery. Okay, like I said before, my wife and I order a ton of DoorDash. We probably do it at least three times a week, every single week. It's kind of like the one thing that we spend a lot of money on. So we get literally hundreds of food deliveries to our house every year. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that this woman in this single exchange has texted more individual words to their DoorDasher than my wife and I have collectively across all of our DoorDash orders. Very rarely we'll have to call the DoorDash driver because there'll be some problem or confusion and we'll have to resolve it with them. So my assumption is that most people are like me. They just don't send long essays to their DoorDash driver because why do they need all this unnecessary information? But is this common? Is this a thing that like people do with their DoorDash drivers? Like, hi there, here's a picture of my puppy. Would you like to walk him for me? What? Lady, I'm just here to pick up a bag, drive it to your place, and drop it off. What are you talking about with pictures of your dog? Our next Reddit post is from Isabella. There's some context needed for this story. My brother is very tall, like six foot five tall. Whenever he and I go back east for vacation, we get aisle seats in Comfort Plus for that oh-so-necessary few extra inches of legroom. It's the only seat that he can fit in. We boarded fairly early and settled in very quickly. As the boarding process continued, a woman approached my husband and asked him to switch seats with her. She explained that she wanted to sit next to her husband, who was in the seat next to my brother, but she ended up being seated a few rows back. He says yes and goes back to her seat. He quickly realizes that she failed to mention that she was seated in economy, which poses a huge problem because he can't fit there. He comes back and very kindly explains the problem and also explains that he paid extra for Comfort Plus for a reason. Her face completely changes color in anger as she starts lecturing him on how unfair it is that he won't give up his seat. He stands there unwavering until she goes back to the seat that she did pay for and he sits back down comfortably in his own seat. I mouth, what the hell, to him and he just laughs and shrugs. She never asked for a flight attendant for help in being seated next to her husband. I finally realized that they probably plan to buy only one Comfort Plus seed and then rely on the kindness of strangers for a free upgrade. Man, if she really, really cared about sitting next to her husband, then her husband could have offered to trade seats with whoever was sitting next to her because that person probably would have been delighted to get a free Comfort Plus upgrade. But no, they don't want that. They want to sit in the nice, free, extra legroom spaces that someone else pays for. Our next Reddit post is from Flaming Depression. I was fresh out of high school and getting tired working one part-time and two casual jobs, so I interviewed with a friend of a friend to be a caretaker for her kids. The interview went well, if not slightly creepy. Karen kept saying how pretty both her and her husband thought that I was, and how if this arrangement goes well, then we could look into you moving in with us. That might have been innocent, but it didn't seem like it. 
She went on this long tirade about how her past daycare was abusive for not feeding her child when he threw a tantrum and he refused to eat the lunch a daycare provided him. But she later admitted to me that her son was given snacks throughout the day, so... Anyways, then the Karen described what the job entailed. I would work 40 to 48 hours a week. I had to take their kids, a male toddler and a female baby, somewhere exciting every day, but she said, don't take them to the same old park every day. I was to clean, go shopping, prepare food for her kids throughout the day, and cook them supper at least twice a week. She said she doesn't want that frozen garbage, and it would be amazing if I could come home to a home-cooked meal that I didn't have to cook. Wink, wink. After the interview, I went home, only to realize that in all the chaos, I never asked how much I was going to be paid. So I messaged her and she replied, how does $11 per hour sound? I was excited. Even though the job seemed like a lot of hard work and paid a little less than my other jobs, I got way more hours. So I accepted. Later, we were talking about what day I would start, and she said, we'll start you off on the agreed upon $1,100 per month. If after one month you're doing a good job, we can change it to $1,200. Wait, what? I messaged her immediately. Huh? You told me I'd be making $11 per hour. That is ridiculous. That's more than I pay at daycare. I never said that. I then sent her a screenshot where she literally said $11 per hour. Whoops, I must have hit the punctuation wrong. I meant $1,100 per month. But why didn't you clarify that it was per month? Um, because you didn't ask? She then tried negotiating payments. Well, we could probably pay $1,200 right now, but that would mean no raise for quite some time. After that, I told her that I was not going to do it because I would legit be making like 5 bucks an hour. She then left me four voicemails saying that I was being very selfish, unprofessional, and I should have brought this up sooner. I then just ghosted her. I then heard from the friend that introduced me to Karen that she was forced to go back into her old daycare. Also, keep in mind that these people were very well off. Too long, didn't read. Karen made me think that I was going to make minimum wage, then said, It was a typo. You're going to make five bucks an hour. Also, I might have ended up in a threesome? Okay, so this lady expected to hire a live-in nanny slash housekeeper slash personal chef slash threesome mistress for less money than she was spending on a daycare. Okay, okay, makes sense. Down in the comments, we have this story from Maggie. I had almost the exact same situation happen when I was around 18 years old. The mom said she was paying, quote, $250 per week, so I jumped on that. At the end of a very long first week, 48 hours total, I got a check for $120. Karen said, you agreed to $250. Uh, yeah, and this is only $120. That's the correct amount for the time you worked. 48 hours times $2.50. Oh, hell no. Those kids were monsters, and the mom was almost always home, expecting me to take care of the kids and wait on her hand and foot. I never went back. I got a couple of whiny messages, which I ignored. Also, last but not least, I'm not a young woman, so I can only imagine here, but if I were a young girl and I were advertising for like a, a babysitting slash nanny job, and during the interview, the wife was like, My husband thinks you're so hot then I think that would be my cue to GTFO. So I'm an artist, and someone messaged me saying that they absolutely loved my artwork, and they wanted me to illustrate an entire children's book for them. 
I gave them a quote of 150 bucks to do the entire book, and they promptly replied that my artwork is way overpriced, and they weren't going to pay an illustrator that much. Well, good luck with your book, lady. So, for some context here, I actually looked into hiring an artist to make a kid's book because I was thinking about making a kid's book for my young daughter, and the price to hire an illustrator for an entire children's book is close to about 1000 to 1500 bucks. so this price is a steal. I'll be in the market for a nanny, not just a babysitter, in the upcoming couple of weeks. I have a one-year-old boy and three-month-old girl. I work from home from 8 to 5, and I'll be leaving for my second job as soon as I clock out at home. Hours will be roughly 1 p.m. to 8 p.m. I need someone interactive with my son. He wants someone to play with him. No, I don't expect constant play. I need light housework done, sweeping, dishes, mopping, etc. My husband will be home anywhere between 6 to 7 p.m. each night. Pay is $40 per day, 3 to 4 days a week. I'm looking to do interviews and learn about people soon. Please DM me if you're truly reliable and interested. And then someone asks, so $6 an hour? For babysitting and light housework, yes. Especially with me and my husband being here for like 95% of the time. Are you interested? Man, it's so weird because I've read so many of these posts of Karens expecting people to come watch their kids for like $1 an hour or less than $1 an hour that at this point I'm so jaded that $6 per hour seems like a good deal. But it's not. I'm just so used to all these people who think that like people will come watch their snot-nosed kids for next to nothing. And how is her and her husband being home during this a selling point? That just means that in addition to working for next to nothing, you also have to be under the constant supervision of two bosses. On this next post, OP is selling a gecko. I've researched so much. Will you take 25 bucks for everything? I'll come get it ASAP. Uh, no, thank you. I'll take $45 for everything if you can answer some basic questions about taking care of it. I can, but I'm not interested anymore. Lol, okay, thanks. I hate rude people. Watch your effing mouth next time, and maybe you won't lose a sale because I would have paid full price, moron. Learn some manners. OP really made the right call here. If this guy got this triggered over basically nothing, then I don't know if this guy is super suited to be taking care of another animal. On this next post, OP is trying to sell a hoodie online. Hi, I have a question. Are you able to send me a hoodie in the mail because my husband is high risk? He had triple bypass surgery and he's out of a job due to medical issues and money is very tight right now for us. My husband is a first responder and he's on permanent disability right now. I'll post a good review. Also, my wedding anniversary is October 31st. Man, disabled and jobless and it's her wedding anniversary. I'm surprised that she didn't just say that she has triplets and each of her kids has a worse form of cancer than the last. In fact, they have mega cancer, where if one gets cancer, they all get cancer, and if one dies, they all die. That was our slash choosing beggars, and if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.